And one, two, three, four. Welcome everybody to the Life Point Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason, and we are continuing today with our Bible in a Year reading. Uh, it's been a fantastic journey, and we are all the way up to week 40. Week 40. And we've got a lot to cover today. We will be uh, in our Old Testament still in Isaiah. We got Isaiah 22 through 38. And in the New Testament, we have Ephesians, the whole book of Ephesians. And we're going to do the whole book of Philippians. And uh, it's kind of a lot, but the New Testament reading these books are are actually kind of short uh but they're chock full of of uh awesomeness and uh flying solo today i'll be on my own um but let's get into it so we can um get through all of this goodness right Awesome, awesome. Okay, so let's jump in here in Isaiah. We got Isaiah 22 all the way to 38. Um, a lot of prophetic stuff. Isaiah is just incredible. Um, he's talking about um, uh, Judah and Jerusalem and um, how... They are, he was talking about they're going to be uh, overtaken by Babylon and exiled. And so there's that part of it. He's speaking into that reality. And uh, there's kind of layers to everything he's saying. Layers about what I just said about Babylon taking over. But also then it's uh, some fascinating uh, prof prophecies and prophetic about Jesus and his coming and not just his coming then but his, his first coming and second coming uh, what's still to come uh, he's also speaking about how um, Babylon who is taking uh, Israel out is also going to be taking out and he gets into uh, how the Persians and Cyrus is going to take them out, and then Cyrus is going to uh, reinstate Israel, and they are actually going to uh, be the ones. Uh, Cyrus is going to be the one who bankrolls uh, the rebuilding of Jerusalem. So a lot of incredible um, uh, layers to uh, what Isaiah is talking about here. And some of my favorite, favorite portions here... Um, uh, he retells the story of Hezekiah, um, <coughs> which we've heard this story with Hezekiah a couple times already, and um, it's cool to see it uh, again uh, through Isaiah's pers perspective. Uh, so let's jump in here. 22, a message about the Valley of Vision. Uh, why are you celebrating uh, the cities full of revelry? But your leaders have run away. They've been captured without a fight. My people have been destroyed. They should be mourning. The Lord has planned this day of panic and confusion. <clears throat> In the valley of vision, people cry out to the hill. The Elamites prepare for war. You saw the breaks in the wall of the city of David. You tried to make provisions and re repairs yourself. God called for weeping and mourning, but there is celebrating. You say, eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. The Lord told me this, this sin will not be forgiven as long as you live. <coughs> it's a really interesting uh, a situation Israel found themselves in because uh, there was a lot of back and forth. There would be a good king and then a not-so-good king. And they kept uh, falling into worshiping other idols and mixing these other uh, uh, traditions and uh, getting into, like, 
all kinds of craziness with uh, uh, serving these other gods and and sin. And uh, it kind of went back and forth for a while, but then it got to a point where God just basically said, that's it, uh, judgment's coming. And so, like what he said right there, this sin will not be forgiven as long as you live. Um, uh, God... Uh, uh, made the decision that a punish a certain a certain type of punishment was coming on Israel. Now what's interesting about that is because um they weren't they weren't able to stop it from coming, uh, but it seems like they were able to slow it down because the <coughs> the life of Hezekiah uh, he was actually a good guy. He was able to um have peace in his lifetime. We'll get to that as well. Uh, the Lord says, um, "What uh, go to Shebna, the supervisor of the palace. What right do you have to be there? The Lord will throw you out. Transfer your authority to Eliakim. He will protect Jerusalem and Judah. <clears throat> he will be strong, but he will fall as well. Though he seems secure and everything was resting on him. A message for Tyre. We're in chapter 23 now. Cry for the protector is devastated. Mourn for the residents. When Egypt hears what's happened to Tyre, they will be shaken. Uh, so Isaiah's all over the place. He He's not just talking to Israel. He talks to Babylon. He talks to Egypt. Uh, he, t he prophesies to um, all these different empires about what's, what's coming. When Egypt hears what's happened to Tyre, they will be shaken. God has planned this to humiliate the dignitaries, you will no longer celebrate. The Assyrians have sieged and demolished the city and turned it into ruins. Tyre will be forgotten for 70 years. At the end of 70 years, the Lord will revive it. The prophet she makes when revived will be set apart for the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. Chapter 24. The Lord is ready to judge the earth with devastation and leave it in ruins. Everyone will suffer, priest and people, servant and master, rich and poor. The earth will be completely devastated. The earth is defiled by its inhabitants. They disregard the law and broke a permanent treaty. The earth will be reduced to a handful of people. All the celebrating will stop. Joy will turn to sorrow. For from the ends of the earth... They will sing, I'm wasting away, I'm doomed. You can't escape the sound of terror. The earth sins, weigh it down. It will fall and never get up. Again, this is, this is incredible because now he's just talking to the whole earth. Uh, judgment coming on the whole earth. Then the Lord will punish the heavenly forces in heaven. Now, <laughs> now he's talking about the heavens. Uh, the Lord will punish the heavenly forces in the heavens and the kings on the earth. They will be imprisoned in a pit, locked in a prison. After staying there a long time, they will be punished. The moon will be covered. The sun will go dark. The Lord will rule Jerusalem on Mount Zion in the presence of his assembly. Uh, so again, these layered prophecies now... Um, this is like a, a apocalyptic uh, uh, prophecy uh, that he's talking about that's coming on the whole earth and the heavens, the judgment on earth and the heavens. Incredible. Chapter 25. Lord, you are God. I exalt you in praise. You made these plans long ago, and now the city is in a heap of rubble. Nations will fear you. You are the protector of the poor and distressed. The Lord will hold a banquet for the nations on this mountain with the best foods and drinks. On this mountain, he will take down the shroud that is covered, covering all people. He will swallow up death permanently. He will wipe away the tears on every face and remove all disgrace from the earth. So this redemptive plan... Ah, so cool. He's the the way he's talking because he's talking about the redemptive plan for Israel, but it's also this this whole uh, the whole earth's redemptive plan. These are these are 
words that are repeated in Revelation as well. He will wipe away the tears on every face. He will swallow up death permanently. Um, these are allusions to to the end as well. Here is our God. We have been waiting for him, and he delivers us. Rejoice and celebrate. His power makes the mountain secure. Chapter 26. At that time they will sing in Judah this song. We have a strong city. The Lord makes it secure. Open the gates for the righteous. You keep completely safe the people who maintain their faith, for they trust in you. Trust in the Lord from this time forward. The Lord will knock down those in high places. They will be trampled underfoot. The way of the righteous is level and straight. When judgment comes, the world will learn justice. The wicked do not learn without justice. Other masters have ruled us, but we only praise your name. Your judgment wipes out all memory of them. We cannot produce deliverance on the earth. Your dead will come back to life. Wake up and shout for joy. The earth will bring forth its dead spirits. My people hide under his judgment until his judgment is over. He comes to punish the sin on the earth. Again, these are... These are um, apocalyptic um, book of revelations type um, uh, verbiage and poetry here um, <coughs> incredible chapter 27 at that time the Lord will punish with his sword Leviathan the fast serpent he will kill the sea monster. Now, I love this. These, This is like grade A apocalyptic imagery here. He will kill the sea monster. When the time comes, sing about the vineyard. The Lord protect it, water it, guard it. Unless they make peace with me, I will let them, I will light them on fire. Let them make peace with me. Then Jacob will take root. Israel will blossom and fill the earth. This is how Jacob's sin will be forgiven, and they will be ready to give up their sins. They will be brittle and ready to break and be used as kindling. They will make a stone altar and asherah poles and incense stands. They lack understanding. The one who formed them will have no mercy. The Lord will shake the tree and gather uh, Israel. The trumpet will blow. The refugees will come. They will worship the Lord on the holy mountain. Chapter 28. Ephraim's crown is doomed. He is overcome with wine and drink and drunk. The Lord sends a force, a destructive storm. The Lord will take the crown of the remnant of his people. He will help the city to make judgment. Now the prophets and priests and rulers overcome with beer and wine and stagger drunk trying to make decisions. The Lord will use foreigners to speak to these people. They will mock them. They will refuse to listen. They will speak gibberish. The Lord says to those who mock Jerusalem, You say you made a treaty with Sheol, an agreement with death. We hide. They were trying to escape death. God says, I am laying a stone in Zion approved by me. Again, the cornerstone is um, uh, this is imagery that is used to describe Christ. I'm laying a stone in Zion approved by me, a cornerstone for the foundation. Those who have faith will not panic. Justice and fairness will be the plumb line. The flood waters will overwhelm the hiding place. Your arrangement with death will be dissolved. Judgment will overtake you. The Lord will rise up. Do not mock. The messengers, the message is destruction is coming. Pay attention and listen. Chapter 29. Zion is good as dead. Besieged, keep on celebrating your festivals. You will mourn. I will lay siege, you will fall. From the dust you lie in, 
You will call out like a ghost. Judgment will come from God. It will be like a night vision. You will be shocked. You will be, you will stagger. He shuts the prophet's eyes and covers the heads of the seers. That's interesting. The Lord says, those people say they are loyal, but they are not. They worship man-made rituals. Wise men and sages will have nothing to say. Those who try to hide will not escape. The downtrodden will rejoice. Humankind will take delight in God, for tyrants will disappear. The wicked will be eliminated. The one who delivered Abraham says to the family of Jacob, Jacob will no longer be ashamed. Their children will honor my name and respect the God of Israel. They will accept insight and understand. So again, there's these fantastic layers going on here, both judgment and redemption coming at the same time. Um, I mean, he's talking about how their good is dead, and uh, by the end, um, uh, they are they are being delivered and brought back into honor. Um, this was part of his plan. Chapter 30, rebellious children are good as dead. Those who make plans without me, those who make alliances without consulting my spirit. That's, that's, uh, that's one we'll see with Hezekiah. Not so much an alliance, but he, he makes some decisions he definitely didn't consult God on, and um, it comes by, back to uh, bite, bite them pretty bad. They look for safety from Pharaoh, to, uh, safety in Pharaoh in Egypt, but Pharaoh will bring on them shame. The nations cannot help them. The proud ones will be silenced. The rebellious people, there are no more visionaries. They tell the seer to tell them nice messages and to remove God's presence from them. Mm. You reject my message. The Lord says you rely on oppression. Your sin is your downfall. Your walls will collapse. The Lord says, if you repent and patiently wait on me, you will be delivered. If you calmly trust me, you will find strength, but you are unwilling. The Lord is ready to show mercy, ready to have compassion on you. In Jerusalem, you will weep no more. When he hears your cry of despair, he will show mercy. He will give you distress to eat and suffering to drink. They will teach you. You will throw out your idols. It's a hard Hard lesson Israel has to learn here. He will water the seed you plant. It will produce in abundance. The moon and sun will be brighter. The name of the Lord will come from a distant place. I love this too. There's all these allusions in in many places here where it's, it's about the, the Gentiles receiving uh, God as well. He will celebrate but the Lord will intervene. Your doom will be accompanied by music. The tomb is ready and prepared. Chapter 31. Those who go to Egypt for help are doomed. God will attack this wicked nation. The Lord will be like a fearless lion in battle on Mount Zion. Israel, return to who you rebel against. Assyria will fall by the sword, but not a human sword. They will surrender in fear. Chapter 32. A king who promotes fairness and justice will be like a shelter from the wind. Blind eyes will see and ears will hear. Fools will not be honored. Deceivers are evil. Honorable men make honorable plans. Character gives them security. In a year's time, the carefee Carefree will be struck with fear. The complacent will be shaken. Mourn over the land that is covered in thorns. The city will be abandoned. This desolation will continue until God brings new life. Justice will settle the wilderness. Even the city and the wilderness destroyed. You will be blessed. <coughs> Excuse me. Chapter 33. The destroyer is good as dead. A lot of this, I, I jump back and forth between the 
CEV, Contemporary English Version, and the NET. Um, so that's what uh, they read a little different. Uh, I think the CEV likes this term, good as dead. The nations are scattered in fear. The Lord is exalted forever. He is the source of stability and safety. Panic grips the sinners in Jerusalem. Who can take the fire? The one who lives upright, this person will be secure. Jerusalem will be peaceful again. The Lord will be its king. The Lord will deliver us. The people's sin will be forgiven. It's really incredible. Um, it's actually a redemptive plan. Um, there's a lot of doom doom and gloom here because it is. It is. They get, they get uh, beat down and exiled. And and through a type of suffering, I don't, I don't know if they had <coughs> experienced on that scale, maybe, um, of totally losing uh, Jerusalem. It was an, uh, annihilated, but out of it is this redemptive plan. Um, uh, it's it's one of my my favorite parts of the Bible the story in, in Ezra and Nehemiah of, of rebuilding. The, the way it happens is incredible um, because it's, it's them coming to their senses and coming back, but they are also, they didn't have the power to do it in themselves. It has to be through somebody else who bankrolls and supports them financially and, and militarily. Um, they really have to give God credit for what happens for them. It's amazing. Chapter 34. Pay attention, nations. The earth should listen. The Lord is angry at all nations. He will annihilate them. The stars in the sky will fade away. The sword will defeat heavenly powers. The Lord comes in judgment. His sword is covered in blood. Edom will burn. Generations will see it a wasteland. Over run with animals um, it's apocalyptic apocalyptic language there the stars will fade away chapter 35 let the desert be happy let the valley rejoice see the grandeur of the Lord he strengthens his with his hand be strong do not fear God comes to avenge with joy and overwhelming happiness Grief and suffering will disappear. Amen. Chapter 36. In the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah's reign, the Assyrians marched against Judah and captured them. Assyria sent its chief advisor to speak to Hezekiah. He spoke to the secretary at the pool. So uh, the Assyrians have come. They've set up their camp, and they're going to take out Jerusalem. And they send this advisor in. Uh, to speak to Hezekiah and the people. So he comes in and makes the, all these big pronouncements to them. Tell Hezekiah, king of Assyria, says, Where is your source of confidence? Who dares rebel against me? <clears throat> you can't trust in Egypt. You say we trust on the Lord, but you got rid of the altars and high places. Make a deal with Assyria. I am ordered to march on this land and destroy it. The chief advisor then said, Listen to the king of Assyria. Don't let Hezekiah mislead you. He can't rescue you. The king of Assyria says, Send a token of surrender. Then you can eat and drink freely. The Lord will not rescue you. No gods have rescued anyone from me. They went and reported to Hezekiah what had been said. Chapter 37. When Hezekiah this heard this, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth. They sent the message to Isaiah. This is what Hezekiah says, a day of distress and insults and humiliation. Perhaps God will punish them for what they have said. Pray a remnant remains. Isaiah says, tell your master the Lord, says, don't be afraid because of what you have heard. I will take control of the king of Assyria's mind. He will receive a report from his land and will be cut down with a sword from his own land. Hezekiah took the letters 
from the king of Assyria and read it and spread it out before the Lord. This is a, an incredible portion here. I think about the idea of writing your prayers down uh, before the Lord. Whatever you've got going on in your life, this is great. Uh, uh, practice an example we see in Hezekiah what he did he brought he brought all these letters of uh, doom and gloom and mocking and all these troubles that were coming at him they were it was all in the letters and he laid it all before the Lord and uh, basically here it is God here's what's going on this is what we're facing Hezekiah then prayed, God of heaven's armies, enthroned on the cherubim. You made the sky and the earth. Listen to my prayer. The king of Assyria has destroyed nations. They destroyed their gods because they were not real. But you are. Rescue us from this power so all the kingdoms of the earth will know you are the Lord. Isaiah says, the Lord says, they taunt with insults at whom you are shouting. Who are you shouting at? The Holy One of Israel? Certainly you must have heard what I have done to other nations. I worked plans out long ago in ancient times, and now I bring it to pass. The residents are powerless and terrified. You rage against me. I will put a hook in your nose and a bit in your lip. I will lead you back where you came from. Those who remain in Judah will take root and bear fruit. A remnant will leave Jerusalem. Survivors will come out of Zion. The king of Assyria will not enter the city not even shoot an arrow. He will go back where he came from. I will shield the city for the sake of my reputation and my promise to David. The angel of the Lord went out and killed 185,000 troops in the Assyrian camp. So the king broke camp and went on his way. One day, day while he was worshiping back at his home, his God, his son struck him down with the sword. Chapter 38. Hezekiah was struck with a terminal illness. Isaiah tells him, you are going to die. Give instructions to your house. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed, Please, Lord, remember how I have served you wholeheartedly. I have carried out your will. Then he wept bitterly. Hezekiah is really interesting because <clears throat> he, he kind of finds himself in these situations where um, a decision has either been made or there's there's a, a larger uh, calamity that he is just stuck in, and um, like with the Assyrians there, or this illness that comes on him, and it's almost like God is... Uh, was going to go a certain way with it, but Hezekiah's prayers are able to change the situation. Hezekiah turns his face to the wall and prayed, please, because you, you see there, Isaiah just told him, you're going to die. That was the prophet telling him, you're going to die. And um, Hezekiah asks, um, Ask God to remember him. He wept bitterly. The Lord's message comes to Isaiah. Tell Hezekiah, I heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. <clears throat> I will add 15 years to your life. I will rescue the city from Assyria as a sign of confirmation. I will make the shadow go back 10 steps on the stairs of Ahaz. The prayer of King Hezekiah of Judah when he was sick. In the middle of my life, I thought I would die, deprived of my best years. I thought I will no longer see the Lord in the land of the living. living. My house will be taken. Lord, I'm oppressed. Help me. My eyes grow tired. I'm overcome with grief. Lord, you can give men life. May my years of my life be restored. Restore my health. My grief was for benefit. You deliver me from the pit. You remove my sins. Those who go into the pit do not anticipate your faithfulness. 
A father tells his son of your faithfulness. The Lord is about to deliver me. We will celebrate for the rest of our lives in the Lord's temple. Hezekiah has his sores covered and asks for a sign when he can go into the temple. I, this this whole sort of portion of Israel's journey is uh, so um, beautiful to me. It's it's uh, one of the best examples of restoration and recovery. I believe in the scriptures. I think there's a lot, uh, a whole lot there. And so, let's see. I think, is that our Old Testament? It is. That's our OT reading. So that's where we're going to stop. We were at 38 there. Hezekiah has a miracle. And um, they have a um, restoration there in Israel. And uh, it's almost... <laughs> Ironic, it becomes their downfall, and we'll see that next week. Uh, I, Hezekiah makes a mistake of uh, showing off to the Babylonians how well they're doing, and um, that leads to <laughs> Babylon coming in and taking it all. And so, uh, anyways, we'll get to that. Hezekiah is definitely one of my favorite characters in the scriptures. Um, incredible story so okay uh, new testament let's jump into ephesians ephesians 1 from paul an apostle of jesus to the saints in ephesus grace and peace ephesus my, my autocorrect says emphasis the saints in emphasis Blessed is God, the Father, and Jesus, who has blessed us with every spiritual gift in the heavenly realms in Christ. Whew, that's a lot. That's a mouthful there. He chose us in Christ before the foundations of the earth that we may be holy in his sight and love. He did this by predestining us to be the sons through adoption, through Jesus In him we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sin through his grace and wisdom. He revealed the secret of his will. He set forth Christ to bring together everything in heaven and in earth. God planned for Christ to choose us so the Jews would be first to honor him. And Christ brought news to you how you could be saved. You were even given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We will be set free, and God will be honored and praised. I'm grateful for your faith in Jesus and love for God's people. My prayer is that light floods your heart. Another version says that he may give you spiritual wisdom and revelation in your growing knowledge of him. In your understanding the hope given to you when God chose you, then you will discover the blessings that will be yours. I want you to know about the great and mighty power God has for his followers. It's the same power he used to raise Christ from the dead and raise him to the right side of heaven. There in heaven, Christ rules over all forces, authorities, rulers, and powers. Uh, friends, I, that is, I'm convinced, uh, the battle. Uh, for the Christians, I know uh, there's like a generic, um, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe generic's not the right word, but there's a, there's, the gospel is very simple in a sense, and I think intuitively we can feel it and accept it and, and understand it on a certain level, um, but there is something about what he's saying here uh, that God would give us spiritual wisdom and revelation and the growing knowledge of him um, as we understand what has been done. We will discover the blessings that are accessible, the blessings that are ours, the power that is ours, 
how, how do we tap into what that power is, what these blessings are? I really do believe it's in the revelation and the growing knowledge of him. That's where it's at. There's a there's an understanding of who you are and who he is, and who we are in this adoption. Um, that I know there's more. Obviously, obviously more. There's more because you you can understand it on a surface level, um, but I think there's a deeper level of of accepting that, understanding that what that literally means, and believing it actually having faith in it um, to access that power and blessing. Um, all right, let's see, chapter 2. In the past you were dead because of sin, and you lived according to the world's present path, according to the ruler of the domain of the air, the ruler who energizes the sons of disobedience. And we used to live out our lives and the desires of the flesh with them, we were by nature children of wrath. Children of wrath, that's interesting. Children destined for wrath. But God, being very merciful and great in love, and love for us, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you are saved. He raised us up together with him and seated us together with him in the heavenly realms in Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know how to fully understand that sometimes being seated together with him in the heavenly realms in Christ uh, okay um, to show to the coming ages his grace and kindness toward us this is fascinating too because you see this um, in the Old Testament quite a bit you see it in what we we're just reading in Isaiah where God uses a certain people to show something to to another group of people and Paul references this a couple times our redemption our our empowering our um regeneration to life is to show to the coming ages his grace and kindness toward us he's he's putting on a display with what he's doing with us to another group Another group. It's very interesting. <clears throat> By grace you are saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. It is not from works, so no one can boast. We are his creative work, created in Christ for good works that God prepared beforehand so he can do them. Um, that is huge. By grace you are saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It is not from works. Um, it's almost, uh, I think a lot of folk, including myself at times, have really trouble, trouble grasping that. I mean, the idea maybe, but in your heart. You can, you can grasp the concept, but really believing it. <coughs> your works are not. Uh, what's going to save you and um, it's the grace of God and I think our world um, I, sometimes I think the world wants grace and sometimes they don't because they want it to be through works grace is pretty scandalous really that um, who it's offered to or you want credit for for your work or something? Um, it's a revolutionary concept, friends. Um, the grace of God, not by works. I'm still. I'm still working on that. I'm still working on accepting um, that fully in my life. Again, what I was talking about with who we are in Christ, what He's done for us. It's like already there. It's already done. The grace has already been given. And so the, the work is in in accepting it. Accepting it and understanding it. Uh, but really accepting it. Um, it's a done deal. 
Remember you, the Gentiles, that you were without a Messiah, alienated from the citizenship of Israel, strangers to the covenant of promise. You are far away, but Christ brought you near. He is peace between the two groups. He created one man out of two, one body through the cross. And I say something on that. I th honestly, um, over the years, just I grew up in church and and um, became kind of a uh, a point of frustration was how divided the body of Christ seems to be. It's just splinter off of splinter, splintered, splintered, and. Um, so often I feel like there's not unity and um, uh, I mean there's there's obviously all these denominations and then even within those churches they're split up and everybody's just has different agendas and they're doing their own thing and um, different people think different different aspects are important usually they think what they're doing is the thing the most important thing and um, or politics or social issues or, again, good works, uh, good works. Um, and it's not, not that I'm against any of these things, but as far as unity, the only way forward I see is this one body through the cross. I think a Christ-centric focus is the only thing that could possibly bring, really bring the church together like strictly, strictly Christ-focused um, on, on, on that aspect. Not, once you get outside of that, it gets wonky almost immediately. And it, people are so passionate, and that's good. Um, but it almost instantly brings division. And um, just, just a thought. Maybe it should just be about Jesus at times. Literally just about that aspect. Um, if we can't agree on that, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, that's different religions then. Uh, but I do think there can be unity, and it's going to be through uh, a Christ-centric fo focus. He preached peace to those who are far off. Now we have access to the Father in one, one spirit. You are no longer foreigners, but are citizens. You are fellow citizens with saints, with the saints. You have been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ himself, the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined. In him, the whole building is joined. And grows into a holy temple. You are being built together into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Chapter 3. I, Paul, am a prisoner of Christ for the sake of the Gentiles. Um, by revelation, the mystery, the divine secret was made known to me. I love that Paul uses the, the word mystery or divine secret. Uh I think there's more mystery going on than a lot of folk want to admit. You will be able to understand my insights on this mystery of Christ. People in former generations did not know this. But it's now through the apostles and pro prophets. Through the gospel, the Gentiles are now fellow heirs, members of the body, in the promise of Jesus Christ. I am the least of all saints. It was grace given to me to preach to the Gentiles Christ. The mystery has been hidden for ages. The purpose of showing the mystery should now be shown to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. That's what I was talking about. This, this part, of, part of this whole plan, redemptive plan, he's, he's showing up. Uh, should be now shown to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. He's using us to fight against this other group. And you see him do that throughout the Old Testament. Even Israel itself, the creation of that nation, 
if you look there, um, they're a tool of judgment. And I think the church might be as well. Toward, toward, not fellow humans, but toward the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. We now have boldness and confidence to access God through Christ. Don't lose heart because I'm suffering for you. I pray he will grant you the strength and power through the Spirit in the inner person. That Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith. That's a lot right there. Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith. Rooted and grounded in love. Hmm. You will be able to comprehend what is the incredible size of his love. I want you to know all about his love, even though his love surpasses all knowledge. Here are some of my favorite verses in the Bible. Um, you will be able to comprehend what is the incredible size of his love. Mm. That will change somebody's life right there. Really understanding that love, believing in that love. Um, I think so often we're looking for love <laughs> in all the wrong places. That's really what your heart desires, and it's right there. Um, it's better than you could even imagine. I think it's some of the things that uh, I'm facing in life, and maybe you're facing uh, hard times or d depression, anxiety, or, or um, darkness. Um, the strength and the answer is there. It's, it's in knowing his love for real, for real, experiencing that love. His love surpasses all knowledge. You will be filled up to fullness of God. I pray that Christ, Jesus, and the church will forever bring praise to God. With his power at work in us, you can do more than we dare ask or imagine. It's his power. Um, and it's through faith. Through faith grounded in love. Uh, man, it's awesome. I want a deeper understanding of that. An experience of that. A deeper understanding and experience of that. Chapter 4. I beg you to live in a way that is worthy of the people God chose. Always be humble and gentle. Patiently be patient with each other. Love each other. Try to let God's Spirit keep you united. There's unity again. You are all part of the same body. There is one Spirit, one God, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Father of all people. God works by using us in the and lives in us. Christ has given us gifts to us. He quotes Psalm 68. When he ascended on high, he captured captives. He gave gifts to men. He ascended and descended to the lower region of earth. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Why did he give them? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. To build up the body of Christ. Until we are united by our faith. Until we are united by our faith and understanding of Jesus, until we become like Christ. There's clearly more there, guys, to our understanding of Jesus. Stop being like children, tossed to and fro, carried by every doctrine by men. Cunning craftiness, they wait to deceive. Speak the truth in love, that we may grow into him in all things, the body is joined together for, from him. Each does its part. The body builds itself up in love. Don't live as the Gentiles did in useless thinking, dark in their understanding, alienated from God through ignorance. With hard hearts, they are callous. They hand themselves over to indecency and greed. You were taught to lay aside your former life. The old man is corrupt through deceitful desires, renewed in the spirit of your mind. There it is. 
Renew in the spirit of your mind. Let the spirit change your mind and make you a new person. Make you a new person. That's a process. That's a process. You were created to be like God. Be holy and righteous. Stop lying and start telling each other the truth. Build up the one in need. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Chapter 5. Be imitators of God. Love like Christ as a sacrifice. There must be no sexual immorality, impurity of any kind, greed, vulgar speech, foolish talk, but thanksgiving. No person who is immoral, impure, greedy has inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. God wrath, God's wrath comes on disobedience. Don't be a part of them. Live like children in the light. The fruit of the light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. And learning what pleases God. Learning, learning what pleases God. Don't be unfaithful in the dark, but expose them. Awake, O oh sleeper. Rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. Take advantage of the opportunity. These days are evil. Don't get drunk with wine, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another. In psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music. In our hearts, always giving thanks, submitting to one another. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husband to your wives. Love your wife like you love yourself, and wives respect your husbands. Chapter 6, children obey your parents, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it will go well with you and that you will live a long time on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children, raise them with discipline and instruction. Slaves, obey your masters, be respectful and loyal, owners treat Treat them with respect. Don't threaten. Your master in heaven has no favorites. Let the strength of the Lord make you strong. Put on the armor of God against the devil's tricks. We are fighting against forces, authorities, rulers of darkness, and powers in the spiritual world. That's interesting, just thinking of that. God is using us as the tool here and then he's to fight these guys. And he says it. We are fighting against forces, authorities, rulers of darkness, and powers in the spiritual world. When you put on the armor of God, you can defend yourself against the devil till the battle is over. Standing firm, be ready. Put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, faith like a shield to stop flaming arrows, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. There's a lot there. We don't have time to get into it a lot there. Be alert and have perseverance. Pray for the saints. Peace to you and grace be with you who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Alright, let's go ahead into Philippians. That was the end of Ephesians and we will go ahead and do Philippians. From Paul to the saints of Philippi, I pray uh, with joy for you. You anticipated the gospel from the first day. I'm sure God will perfect the work he began, the work in progress. You're in my heart because while in prison, you were my partners. Here it is again. I pray your love abound in the knowledge to decide what is best and filled with righteousness through Jesus. The gospel has advanced in my situation and imprisonment. The imperial guards know I'm in prison for Christ. And others preach the gospel with boldness. Some preach with envy and rivalry. Some for good. Whatever the reason, Christ is being proclaimed and I rejoice it. He doesn't even care why. As long as Christ is being preached. I know this will turn out for my deliverance. I'm not ashamed but emboldened. Christ will be exalted if I live or die. Living is Christ. To die is gain. If I stay in the body, I can be productive. I desire to be to depart, to be with Christ. This is amazing. But for your sake I remain in the body and I will remain in joy and in faith. Conduct yourselves in a man manner worthy of the gospel. 
chapter 2. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort of love and fellowship in spirit, then be of the same mind. United in spirit and the same love, having one purpose, instead of being motivated by selfish ambition or vanity. Treat one another more important than yourselves. Be concerned about the interest of others with the same attitude that Christ had. He existed in the form of God and emptied himself by taking the form of a slave, looking like men, sharing the human nature. He humbled himself, being obedient to death, even death on a cross. And as a result, God highly exalted him and gave him the name above every name. At his name, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and under the earth. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Continue working out your salvation with awe and reverence. Some say fear and trembling. Working out your salvation. Hmm. For the one bringing forth in you both desire and effort to do his pleasure is God. Do everything without grumbling and arguing. You live in a crooked and perverse society which you shine like lights. I'll send Timothy to you so you can hear news about me. Welcome him with joy. He almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life. Chapter 3. Rejoice in the Lord. It's a safeguard for you. Hmm. That's awesome. That's quite the thought. Rejoicing in the Lord is your safeguard on your mind and your emotions. Beware of evil workers, the one who mutilate the flesh. We worship in spirit, and we do not rely on human credentials. I had more credentials than most. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. For Christ, I have lost all things. I now regard those credentials as dung. All of his accomplishments he sees as dung. I now have righteousness through Christ. I have not attained this. Instead, I am single-minded, forgetting the things behind me and reaching out for what is ahead. I strive for the prize of the high calling of God. Let us line up to the standard we have attained. Be imitators of me. Many live, live, and now with tears I tell you they are enemies of the cross. Their God is their bellies. They think about earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven. We wait for our Savior. He will transform our bodies to his glorious body. Chapter 4. Stand in the Lord, my friends. Udiah has struggled in the gospel ministry. Their names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Paul is... Um, he really pushes that, and uh, as we've seen, he lives that out, even in chains, in prison. He's rejoicing in the Lord. Let them see your gentleness. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. With prayer and thanksgiving, tell your request to God, and the peace that surpasses all understanding, guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. This is one of my favorites. Whatever is true, worthy of respect, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think about these things. Do what you saw and heard from me, and the God of peace will be with you. I'm glad you're concerned for me. I have learned to be content in any circumstance, in times of need or abundance, in any circumstance. I have learned the secret of contentment. If hungry or in plenty, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches. In Jesus Christ, glory to God forever. Greet the saints. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. Awesome. So that is the book of Philippians. Sorry, I went through that quickly. They're short, but um, uh, some of the most uh, impactful verses in the Bible right there in these short little books. And um, <coughs> this is incredible. 
so much incredible um, um, ideas there about the knowledge of Christ, his love, uh, also about the, the, the nature of of the church and unity and our job and our use as uh, fighting these other entities as uh, principalities and darkness. Uh, that's who we're fighting against. And uh, also the renewal and working out our salvation. I mean, it's huge, huge. The battle for the mind, renewal of the mind and working out our salvation um, with with awe and respect. So, uh, a lot of incredible stuff there, guys. Um, definitely worth um, continued reading. That's a process. A lot of these things are processes. Some things are one, and uh, uh, moments of major change, and a lot of other things are, are processes and disciplines that we have to continue. And uh, um, Paul gave a lot of instruction, um, useful instruction for the fight here. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone, for uh, tuning in. And um, let's see. We've got, again, coming up. Um, what do we just do here? Week 40? Week 40, am I right? Yep, 40. So next week, 41. Um, <clears throat> a lot of uh, great stuff. Still be in Isaiah. And uh, continuing with Paul in the New Testament. And uh, thanks, everybody. Hope you have an awesome week. We'll be back shortly for week 41. Have a good one. Bye.